and welcome to the gym. This podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied US law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. Hi, my name is Barry, and you might recognize me as the first person in Ireland to host a showing off from Dust Till Dawn, the Robert Rodriguez movie. And that was the thing that actually happened. Awesome. Of course you did, though. True. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Seamus, and you may know me as explaining 5G to flat Earth OGs. Okay. <laughs> that's, that sounds like a joke, but you kind of did that in one of your previous podcasts, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I remember that guy, don't lie. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, Seamus, what are we talking about today? Uh, plenty, my bear man. Uh, so let's. Bear man, okay. Yep. All, right. all right. So we shall continue, as you say, on our merry journey through space and time. Okay. Uh, to August 30th, 1948, Fred Hampton is born. Just after the in, war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Summit, Illinois. Uh, as a youth, uh, Hampton was gifted both uh, in the classroom and athletically. Uh, like many young uh, boys, uh, he aspired to play Major League Baseball someday. Uh, but yet, even as at a young age, Fred was drawn to activism. When he was only 10 years old, shortly after his family moved to uh, Maywood, uh, just outside Chicago, he decided to start a breakfast program for kids in his neighborhood. Oh, wow. Uh, this was, and he actually prepared the meals himself. That's lovely. Uh, right? Hmm. Uh, this was just the beginning for Fred's career as an American revolutionary. American revolutionary! <laughs> Even at the uh, at this age, uh, people would call him a special kid who loved to read, especially history. Oh, wow. People used to call me a special kid as well. They still do, Barry. But, Arguably uh, different reasons. Yeah. Uh, he, he was popular amongst his peers and respected by adults who saw him as a clever, sharp-talking young man. Uh, when he was in high school... Oh, man, I had photos. I should have started with this. There's oh. our man right there. So, that is Freddie in high school. No, not in high school, but later. That's Freddie. Uh, that's, that's Fred. That's Hello, man. Fred. Yep. All right. So uh, when he was in high school, Fred organized uh, walkouts uh, protesting black students' exclusion from competitions for homecoming queen. He also called out the practice for counseling struggling black students to flunk, flunk out of school. That's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, that's what you do. That right? first Instead one, of, like they had a homecoming queen competition and it's like, uh, okay, who's going to be homecoming queen? Not you. <laughs> yeah. What a bizarre thing to tell a black girl. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, but, but could you imagine telling a, a kid, though, you know, you, you're not doing too well in school. Why don't you just drop out? Yeah. That, that's fucked up. It just blows my mind. Lots of children left behind, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they couldn't count on George Bush to save. Well, back to that's what black people are for. You don't have to educate them. They're just for manual work, right? Oh, geez, right? Fuckers. Anyways, uh, Fred lobbied officials to hire uh, more black teachers and administrators. Yep. Representation. Believe it, and believe it or not, they did. Hey! Uh, yeah, right? Uh, thanks to his efforts, young black kids went uh, from dropping out to graduating. Uh, in large numbers, black educators were given a chance uh, that they otherwise would have not gotten before because of this. It's insane that you'd have to lobby for that. Right. But it's also you know, kind of amazing you get a high school kid doing the shit and he's able yeah, to do he's, something. He's you know? got the yep. role for the game. Yep. But he wasn't just uh, busy uh, inside school. He was also busy outside of school. Um, he used his communication skills to serve others. Uh, he worked... A stock boy, dishwasher, and factory jobs when he could. 
He used his credentials as a hardworking young man and his ability to communicate um, to convince other area employers to hire young black kids in his neighborhood. He wanted to push the May, uh, push Maywood board to start a summer jobs program. So this guy had this guy was getting shit done in high school. I don't think either one of us was doing anything like this. In well, high you school. don't know what I was doing in high school. <laughs> uh, what were you doing in high school at this time, Barry? I mean, nothing. But that's not the point. The point is you didn't know that. Okay. Uh, just okay. <laughs> uh, He's an impressive Hampton, young man, right? Yeah. Uh oh, sorry. I almost jumped over a huge important part here. Uh, at 65, Fred Hampton uh, was becoming increasingly involved in activism, civil rights cause. At this time, the civil rights movement was in full swing with events in Selma Montgomery March and the Voting Rights Act of 65, making headlines and inspiring young people, including Hampton, to becoming involved. Uh, it was also during this time that Hampton became involved in the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, otherwise known as the NAACP, and other civil rights organizations. Hampton graduated from uh, high school with honors in varsity letters and a junior achievement award. What is varsity letters? Uh, it's like uh, athletic related. Okay. Yeah, so uh, in 66, he enrolled into Triton Junior College where he majored in pre-law. At the time, he started reading more about socialist and communist revolutionaries. <laughs> Danger! <laughs> Hampton would assume leadership roles in the West, Sur uh, West Suburban Branch Youth Council. He wanted to find a new, uh, find a new or improved educations uh, and recreational facilities established in Maywood's improvised, or I'm sorry, improvised, impoverished black community. In a way, aren't all communities improvised? Well, there was that, right? <laughs> uh, also, at 66, the blank, uh, the blank, yeah. At 66, you may have heard of these folks. The Black Panther Party uh, was founded in Oakland, California. And Hampton, Hampton quickly became uh, enamored by this organization. He saw the party as a way to channel energy and frustrations of the black community into more militant form of activism. Hampton uh, also was uh, definitely attracted to the Black Panthers because of their social edicts. Oh, wait, you said uh, Black Panthers, right? Yes. Okay, we have to do an ad break now. Uh, now? Why didn't, yeah, we have to I didn't think we had a... I didn't think we had a sponsor this week. A sponsor, uh, we have sponsors, and they said that the first time you say Black Panthers, we have to put the ad in here. We have very specific instructions. In the middle of the show? Um, I mean, ten dollars is ten dollars. Oh, all right, all right. What do we got, Barry? Okay, <clears throat> I have to just because they gave us the thing. Okay, <laughs> we are brought to you this week by Neolib Inc. Are you trying to connect with urban society from your comfortable white suburb? Now you can show your wokeness with our new product, Black Panthers Trading Cards. Now this is important. They are not Black Panther Trading Cards. That's owned by Marvel, and ain't nobody got time for that. This is Black <laughs> Panthers Trading Cards, okay? They're perfect for the white suburban housewife to show her support for the black experience. Our first series will showcase such Panthers as Elaine Brown, Huey P. Newton, and Bobby Seale. Only $19.99 a set. Show them off to your fellow Hepcat pals. Trade them, collect them all, and earn your spot as the ultra-aware ally on your block. Won't that piss them off? Order now at neolib.com slash notracist slash we'll see if you say we are. If you order today, we will also send you a level one training course in African-American vernacular English. We'll have you talking jive in no time. And now back to you in the studio. 
Oh, yeah, we need to pick better sponsors. No. Do you want me to say no to $10? We'll, we'll talk after the show. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Summer 67 Hampton uh, led a series of protests demanding the construction of a non-segregated public swimming pool in Maywood. At one rally, a group of protesters showed up at the Maywood board demanding uh, to be heard. Police responded, and as police often do, they uh, responded with violence and tear gassing <laughs> of course protesters. All cats are beautiful. Uh, this led to store windows being broke out and a shed set on fire. Protesters clashed with local shed police. Shed got set on fire. Yeah, goddamn okay. shed. It was just, it was asking for it, man. Yeah. Uh, Hampton and 17 others were charged with disorderly conduct and mob action. This action led to the FBI opening a file on him and designating him a key leader uh, on the FBI Agitator Index. If I could just stop you there, first of all, the FBI yeah. has an agitator index. Can we just pause there? <laughs> Secondly, yeah, what the fuck what, is what, that? What happens if I swim in the same pool as a black person? Like, what happens to me? Nothing. Do I get contact black through the water, or how does that? It's, it's like the. It's hard yeah. to. It's hard to appreciate the level of disconnection of these people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever. Uh, well, you you watched all the family, right? Uh, no. You ever watched All in the Family, Archie Bunker? Uh, we don't. We didn't get that in Ireland. I Are you serious? Ireland. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, so uh, one of the episodes, uh, Archie uh, donates blood, and his concern is that, uh, or actually, I think he also there's an episode where he gets blood, but he's concerned about, you know, that they actually gave him the white blood as opposed to the black the blood, blood because you can't have the black blood in my body. It's just, yeah. But it, I mean, it was funny, but then you start thinking, well. These motherfuckers believe this shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck? I don't want any black yeah. blood in my body. It's just, oh, it's fucking insane. I don't want to be in the same swimming pool as a black person. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. Mm. Or drink out of the same water fountain. Drink out of the same water fountain? What are they thinking? Yeah. Fucking mess up shit, man. Mm. So anyways, uh, the inevitable finally happens. Uh, Fred joins the Black Panthers in 68. He relocates downtown to Chicago. Okay. Uh he was just 21 years old, and at this time, he'd already established himself as a prominent activist and leader in the African-American community in Chicago. Wow. Hampton was drawn to the Black Panthers because of its uh, commitment to addressing the needs and issues faced by black communities, including poverty, police brutality, the lack of political representation. Of course. He, he quickly rose to the ranks of the party and began... Uh, sorry, became one of the most influential leaders uh, known for his charismatic speaking style and his passion for social justice. Some more pictures of the man right there. There he is. Uh, Hampton was particularly active in advocating for the rights of oh, African-Americans. Uh, I think he's only 22, 21, maybe. He's a great he's look, fucking, isn't he? Yeah. He's he looking young. Yeah. He looks like uh, he's in Star Trek. <laughs> the, the original series, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Uh... Yep, uh, he was uh, particularly active in advocating for the rights of African Americans uh, and working to address the issues faced by black communities. Uh, as he started over in Chicago, he earned a familiar reputation for having a powerful speaking style and passionate commitment to social justice. He used his platform to raise awareness about the challenges faced by black people, including poverty, police brutality, and a lack of political representation. Hampton was also involved in a number of community-based initiatives aimed at improving lives, uh, lives of uh, black folk in the Chicago area. 
He was instrumental in establishing the Black Panthers Free Breakfast for Children, modeled by the program he had started as a kid. Oh, fantastic. Uh, this program provided free meals to children in the community. Brilliant. Yep. Now, uh, at the same time, while all this happy, good stuff is going on, we also have the other side of the coin, the FBI. Hey. Uh, now we did talk about them again uh, in their new little program called CoinTelPro. CoinTelPro, uh, wait, yeah. CoinTelPro is massive. We're not going to talk about that, are we? No, no, no. We're just going to just basically explain it briefly. Okay. I mean, so there's going to be a lot of crossover, I think, in a lot of these episodes. Yeah, pretty much every episode you can pretty much do, you know, mention CoinTelPro because they're pretty much involved in every episode of involving the FBI, anyways. Uh, Quintel Pro stands for Counterintelligence Program. It was a secret program run by the FBI. Uh, it was active, wink, wink, from 65 to 71. I'm sure it stopped after that. The purpose of Quintel... Yeah, I'm sure it went yeah. on after 1971. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Quintel Program was uh, to disrupt and neutralize political organizations, individuals who were seen as a threat to the U.S. government. Uh, CoinTelPro targeted a wide range of political groups, including the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, and various left-wing and communist organizations. The FBI used a range of tactics to disrupt these groups, including surveillance, infiltration, false media reports, and other forms of psychological warfare. Okay, hang on now. Yep. You said that one of the things they were in, in, that CoinTelPro was designed to disrupt was uh, the civil rights movement. Yep. And also that they were uh, designed to disrupt organizations which were seen as a threat to the United States government. Yep. So what does that say if even in the 1960s, the idea of civil rights was regarded as a threat to the United States government? Exactly. I mean, how insane is that? I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah. But there's no systemic racism there. It's just a series no. of individual cases of racism, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no not, racism. not linked at all. Not linked yeah. at all. No. No, no link at all, yeah. Uh, the FBI believed that Hampton's leadership and amazing skills as a communicator made him a major threat among Black Panther leaders. The FBI would increase their monitoring of his activities, uh, including tapping, yeah, wiretapping his mother's telephone. Oh, his mother. Come on, man. Yep. Leave his mom alone. Uh, so, uh, from an article in The Guardian so titled... His That's not what I meant. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, from an article uh, in The Guardian titled Preventing the Rise of uh, a Messiah by Jonathan David Farley. Okay. J. Edgar Hoover, this motherfucker, yeah. uh, a leader of the FBI at the time, oh. <laughs> uh, he, re uh, he issued the following directive. Quote, the purpose of the new counterintelligence endeavor is to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize the activities of black nationalists Hate type organizations, groupings, uh, groupings, their leadership, spokesmen, membership, and supporters. Oh wow! They're actually they he he put the word black in there. Yep. He's explicitly attacking black nationalist organizations. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Jagger, for that. Yeah. Uh, by hate type organizations, uh, Hoover would explain such groups as the Student Nonviolent Coordination Committee, King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Conference of Racial Equality, the Nation of Islam. The groups, uh, the group Malcolm X belonged to shortly before he was murdered in 65. Uh, and in February 68, uh, there were massively demonstrate uh, 
demonstration in the support of the of the then and prison leader of the Black Panthers, uh, Stokely Carmichael, in H. Uh, Rap Brown merged SNCC with the Panthers. Hoover issued another directive: prevent the rise of a messiah who could unify, electrify the militant black nationalist movement. Malcolm X might have been such a messiah. Martin Luther King, Stokely and Carmichael, uh, Elijah Muhammad, all aspire to these positions. Kid, uh, King could have, could, yes, yeah, our King could be a very real contender for his position should he have abandoned his supposed obedience to white liberal doctrine. That whole thing is uh, a J. Edgar Hoover quote. Yep. Wow. Okay. What 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 the actual fuck, man? That he felt comfortable saying all that. <laughs> yeah. like, the trick is to you you sure yeah believe that, but find like cushion ways to say it. You don't say it all directly, you know. Uh but the the fact that he minimizes Martin Luther King so much. Yeah. It is also troubling because this is the same fucker who had a suicide letter or a letter to suggest that Martin Luther King should kill himself. Oh, with the stuff about the infidelity and so on. And the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but that he like, Oh, but you know, King wasn't that big of a deal. What the fuck? Yeah. What a piece of shit. Well, they're trying to so, he wants to stop charismatic leaders coming up in civil rights organizations, but like that's going to happen naturally. No matter how yeah, many people yeah. you kill, there's always going to be somebody behind who's charismatic and slaps into the place. So, uh, we're 20 some minutes in and uh, I realize this is a big topic so we're going to kind of break this up into multiple episodes okay uh, and uh, the next episode because we're going to be looking at uh, FBI taking a harder aim at uh, our man Mr. Frampton cool Mr. Frampton, ah, Frampton he, comes, yeah. he comes alive no Hampton so, uh, to give everybody a little bit of a sample of uh, what this guy was all about, and also a little foreshadowing of where he goes, because he's going to take civil rights to another level. Uh, here's a little clip of uh, Mr. Hampton himself. What makes a man about it? What makes a man about it is that they have black people and white poor people and red poor people and Puerto Rican poor people and Latin American Puerto Rican people of uh, uh, poor people of all descent. They have caught up in movements based on racism when the Black Panther Party stood up and said that we don't care what anybody says. We don't think you fight fire with fire best. We think you fight fire with water best. We're going to fight racism, not with racism, but we're going to fight with solidarity. We said we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight it with socialism. We still have said we're not going to fight reactionary pigs and reactionary state attorneys like this and reactionary state attorneys like Hanrahan with any other reactions on our part. We're going to fight their reactions with all of us people to get together and have an international proletarian revolution. Right on. And that's saying all power to people. That's saying that no matter what color you are, you're just only two classes. And that's saying that there's a class over here and there's a class over there. And the reason that this class over here has never did anything to get this class off its back because this is lower, this is upper, this is the oppressed, this is the oppressor, this is the exploited, this is the exploiter. And these people in this class have divided themselves. They say, I'm black and I hate white people. I'm white and I hate black people. I'm Latin American and I hate hillbillies. I'm hillbillies and I hate Indians. So we fight amongst each other. And you, you've heard the testimony of pigs here. You got pigs of all colors, you know that. You got pigs that are white, you got pigs that are black, you even got pigs that are black and white. Propagating the same type of madness that uh, the, the 
this buffoon Henry had would be prosecuted if he were here himself. And why? Because they want to keep you to believing that I'm your enemy and that everybody else that's black and that wears a lot of hair on his head and hair on his face, they want to keep you thinking that he's your enemy. Why? Because if ever you would disregard him and overlook him just for a minute and throw away that question of racism and started to deal with a little logic, then there, could be, there would be no one else you could attack other than Hanrahan, other than David, and other than Tricky Dicky Nixon. Well, the revolution will not be televised. That's it, man. Well, that's, I think Karl Marx was trying to explain to people in 1840, whatever, that, you know, poor people in England and Ireland and France have a lot more in common with each other than they do with their leaders. And the leaders yeah. of those countries also have a lot more in common with each other, sometimes to the point of being actually related than the yeah. people, right? Right. So, I mean, he's not wrong about that, is he? No, not at all. No. But, but you could, that speech could be said today and it's still fucking spot on. Oh, yeah, capitalism will always be relevant as long crazy. as capitalism is grinding people into nothing. Alrighty, folks. What's, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's happening in the world these days? Yeah, we're going to segue to what's new. Welcome okay. to What's New. At this part of our podcast, we, uh, we originally planned to put the words CIA and FBI into Google and hit the news tab and just read out whatever came up. Now, having done this on more than one occasion, what we discovered is that when you do that, you get multiple iterations of the same story, and then you have to listen to me reading the same headline 40 times before. So what we did is we, we put CIA and FBI into the Google machine right before the podcast and picked out the two or three stories on each tab that we liked, but they are current up to 25 minutes and 20 seconds ago, right? So we, that we're trying to snap it up a bit. Okay, so what do you want to do first, CIA or FBI? Uh, let, let me do the FBI since we're, we've been Go. talking about the FBI already. All right, so the headline is, FBI's most controversial surveillance tool is under threat. Wow, it's just like we were talking about that a minute ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, Pro. What, what's the, yeah. what is the surveillance tool that's under threat? Uh, uh, foreign, uh, it's the Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA. Uh, so they supposedly just use this to, you know, infiltrate uh, any sort of electronic communications of a th okay. foreign threat to here. Uh, yes. But of course, uh, you would be shocked to hear this, uh, Barry. They've actually used this to spy on Americans as well. Prison system. Yeah. That's what Edward Snowden was talking about, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yep. CoinTelPro seems to be going pretty strong. Uh, the other FBI uh, headline, uh, <laughs> I hate to read this one, just because of who uh, who's behind it. But anyways... Catholic League condemns FBI international, or sorry, internal memo targeting Catholics. Okay. Yep. Uh, so uh, Bill Donahue, not a good person. But anyways, well, you, told me you liked him before the. <laughs> yeah. You said you, you're a fan of his work. You have grudging respect for him. You said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're not going to go for it. You're not going to take it. Okay. Fair enough. No, no, no. Uh, there hasn't been a. a uh, what's this? Uh, there hasn't been a wave of. Virtual anti-Semitism in the West like this uh, that we have currently witness in the last hundred years. And he means uh, anti-Catholic prejudice. Yep. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. It's some sort of six-year investigation. I didn't read all of it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so well, go well, check well, it well, out. This part is just to give a flavor of what's happening. Yeah. In the world of the CIA and the FBI currently. 
Will I, will I go for my CIA? Do you want to do more? Go for it, brother. All right, here we go. Um, first one I saw was from Jordan News, and it says, CIA director voices fears of third intifada. <laughs> what it means is Bill Burns has expressed fears of a third Palestinian intifada in light of rising tensions of the West Bank and Occupy Jerusalem. So that's hmm. has been on the cards for a long time now because the yeah. Israelis keep going in and pounding Gaza. And the second one is Nord Stream blasts done by the CIA. A report says what? that a CIA working group came up with a covert operation plan to put explosives on the Nord Stream pipelines. I thought that was Russia. I well, you know, you joke, but I really did think it was Russia. Yeah. Or, but the CIA, at the very least, definitely had a plan to do it. So that's a bit weird. And uh, my uh, you know what? First they, stole, first they stole our elections, Barry. Now they stole, stole our plans to blow up the Nordic Stream. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Russia. Next, yeah. And the last headline I thought might interest uh, our audience is the CIA polygraph expert who believed sperm and yogurt could read our minds. And I think I'm not going to bother reading anything. I leave that onto your. Yeah, well, read it again, though. Read it one more time. I'll have to control shift T. Here we go. The CIA polygraph expert who believed sperm and yogurt could read our minds. I could so read more like, about it, but it's not going to be, it's never going to back up that headline. There's no way that headline could be less amusing or whatever than the rest of it. So that's that's just going to sit in your mind for a while. So is that why TCY yogurt went out of business over here? I mean, because it was reading people's minds. I remember I, I, guess, saw movie, yeah. I saw a movie once called The Stuff. Did you ever see that? I'm aware of the film, but I a mid eighties movie called the yeah. stuff about this weird yogurt and people were addicted to it and it altered their minds and so on. It turned out to be this conscious being and people were eating yogurt. It turned out to be a CIA program all along. Wait a minute. It's so it's so stuck in my mind that I remember the jingle from it. When they were selling the stuff, it was like uh -huh. you just can't get enough of the stuff. It was called the stuff and people used to buy a load of it and it was a great movie. Stupid but great. So just like dust from or from dust till dawn this is also based on true events is that what you're saying <laughs> dust till dawn psychos yeah, right. do not explode <laughs> when sunlight hits them yeah that's a great movie too mm -hmm. are we done? some hike some hike stole that show though mm. no oh my god yes yeah yeah, yeah. all right folks so uh definitely a two-parter um maybe more i don't know we'll see uh, we're going to come back uh i guess Whenever the, whenever the next podcast is, we'll be doing more of uh, Peter Frampton. Peter Fr no, no, no. Fred Hampton. <laughs> Fred Hampton. Okay, Fred Hampton. All righty, folks. Like, like, subscribe, share, all the happy stuff. See you, everybody. Right.